We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 541 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and let's start with my greatest apologies. I am ending 2023 with, as you hear, quite the nasty flu that kept me in bed for the last week. That's why you haven't heard from me in just about a week's time. Unfortunately, no, I was not enjoying my holidays. I was not enjoying my time off. I was in bed with the flu. But I did write a bit of content, and I am prepared with some stuff in the coming weeks and months. So you're going to hear it in my voice this entire show. Apologies from the jump. But thankfully, I will have cut out all the coughing and multiple takes that all of this is going to have taken because a show without me taking out the coughing and multiple takes would have been three hours long. Instead, I tried to keep it nice and tidy and make it simple for my coughing breaks. So this is going to be a nice little list to end 2023. And this is a list with a few different names. You can call it 10 Goals from Barca for 2024, 10 things I want to see for Barca for 2024, you take your pick, but you get the idea. All right, let's try to end 2023 the best we can with whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the 10 goals for Barcelona for 2024. Number 10 is improve the finishing rate. Listen, this goal might solve all the other ones because if Barcelona's forwards can put the ball in the back of the net, a lot of these other issues aren't an issue. Scoring goals in football is the best way to win games. Doing that while not conceding is the best way to win trophies. Right now, Barca are treading water, kind of doing both, but not doing it as well as the numbers say they should. Barcelona has missed the most chances, that is not hyperbole, the most chances in the top five leagues this season. They have also created the most big chances in the top five leagues this season. So I guess, yeah, that's the silver lining. Yet, prior to the Almeria match, their 31% conversion rate had them at 76th best in the top five leagues. Of the 34 goals Barca has scored in the Liga, Two of them have come from the penalty spot, one from a free kick, three from outside the box, and 29 from inside the box. To compare, Real Madrid has scored 39 goals, so five more, but they haven't had any from the penalty spot or a free kick. Real Madrid missed 1.7 big chances per game and create 3.1. Barca create 3.9 big chances per game, but they miss 2.7 of them. For Girona, it's 3.4 big chances created, 1.9 missed. That is an entire chance missed every single match by FC Barcelona. Now we can talk about what constitutes a big chance. The main reason I'm not really talking about XG here, but it's hard to deny 
that Barca's finishing would have this team singing a different tune. Looking back at my notes, if Barca had finished their big chances at a rate consistent with Real Madrid or Girona, the only match that they would have lost would have been the 92nd minute winner from Bellingham this year. The Rio match would have stayed 1-1, so those still would have been drop points, but Girona would have ended 4-4. If Barcelona just get to the average, they can at least get to the quarterfinals of the Champions League and keep some kind of pace in the Liga race. 9. No financial setbacks. With the first team and the big money thrown around there, or not thrown around there, is obviously the talk of the town, the club's financial purse strings being tightened are also affecting other departments too. After losing Mappe Lyon likely for the season, maybe she'll be back at the end, it seems like the Barca Femini won't be replacing her unless they're a surprise. Now, they will be able to manage the league, obviously, and they do have other options at center back, but Alexia Buteus' follow-up knee surgery does make me worry a bit about depth when it comes down to the Champions League again. I get the sense that the Femini can't reinforce even if they wanted to. And as for Barcelona Baloncesto, the basketball team, this year has been close to an utter disaster. To my understanding, Nikola Mirotic, last season's star player, wasn't retained due to a lack of funds. And the big names brought in to replace him, including Jabari Parker and Willie Hernan Gomez, they haven't gotten the job done. They are fourth in the Spanish League and third in the EuroLeague. And that doesn't sound too bad, but they had won just three of their last 13 games and are in an absolute nosedive. That's not great, with league leaders of both competitions, Real Madrid, next on the schedule. And the fact is... Real Madrid are the best team in Europe and the best team in Spain. And in other seasons when we talked about the purse strings, those other departments weren't really being affected until this past year. And they're also using much lesser budgets, so that's why they weren't really as affected. The first team, obviously, is using the biggest part of the budget of FC Barcelona. And it's not to say that it's been expected, but this is supposed to be the worst of the financial lows for the club. Competing with the Premier League or country-funded clubs like PSG, that all aside, I am just talking about Barca's mess that they created through years of their own financial failings when I talk about those financial setbacks. So this isn't about pushing the can down the road for the Super League or anything like that. I'm merely talking about Barca getting back to a place where they're able to spend something. I'm not saying compete for every player, but not have to worry if players can be registered with FFP, players that want to come to Barcelona. Barcelona cannot have any other financial setbacks if they're going to finally get things right that way. The Camp Nou construction has to go at least 80% according to plan. You know, construction is never on schedule and never fully according to plan, but at least stay somewhat on your timeline. The club needs to keep making money when they can, and that includes getting better numbers at Montjuic. And most importantly for the FFP aspect, they can't waste a dollar when it comes to bringing a player in, which does bring me to number eight. Eight, hit on your transfers. I can't imagine Girona would possibly part with Alex Garcia when they are in the Liga race the way they are. I wouldn't complain if it happens, but as I said in the Girona match review, a Barcelona Alex Garcia is a downgrade from the Girona Alex Garcia. Structure, continuity, a style of play that suited his and all of his teammates' strengths, instead of a group of players trying to fit into a manager's system because the parts don't seem to fit well together. That's the difference between Girona and Barcelona. But if Barca are serious and the player does want to go, and Barca decide to pay the release clause, and Girona says, alright, you chose to go, that's it, then Barcelona have got to make this work out for them. He would have to be the injection into the midfield that brings balance and calm to a team that loses control for far too long of too many matches. And I would change my tune though if the club brings him in for the summer. He isn't the pivot that everyone is praying for, but as I've said many times now, instead of poo-pooing that deal, I don't think that player about that perfect pivot, I don't think that player exists. 
because Barca have been priced out of the defensive midfielder market as that position has coincided with inflated, insanely inflated prices, just as Barcelona need that position the most. But that's the point where I would have to trust Xavi and say, all right, Alex Garcia, the pivot thing, it worked at Girona. Make it work at Barcelona the way that Ordo Romeu and the pivot thing at Girona did not work at Barcelona. And it does seem like Barcelona does want to get into the prospect game too. And they must hit on those talents if you're going to take those risks. Lucas Bergvall, a 17-year-old midfielder from Sweden, also been linked to Barca and Inter Milan. So that seems to be a 50-50 thing. That's why I bring his name up. And a deal for him would be manageable financially, but it's for a talent that likely can't contribute right away. The other big name, Estevo Willian, nicknamed Messino, the 16-year-old who Palmeiras want to accept a 60 million euro release clause for now. That's when they want to do the deal, even though he can't move to Europe until he turns 18 in the summer of 2025. As I said, Palmeiras want to get the money on his potential like they did with Endrick before anything happens that, well, yeah, might lower the price tag for him. And everybody is after him. But if he and his father really want Barca, and Andre Curdy and Deco can make it happen by having Barca pay a small fee now and the rest in 2025 when he moves, I'm actually going to zag a little bit from what I see from a lot of the people that I generally align with when it comes to transfers. I actually say you do it because I hear the arguments. And you know me, I always back the academy kids and he does play the same position as Lamini Mall. But as I've seen with Ansu Fati and I mean so many players, Boyan, there are so many times over the years where I could have said to you in three, four years, I mean, even Pedri and Gabi right now, we're doing it. I want to say, hey, that's the kid. Three to four years, 10 years down the line, he'll be the player for Barcelona. But a lot changes in a few years, including for him and maybe where he's best on the field. And if he's really that can't miss with his talent, because I do think that scouting has gotten better and better. And the kids in his caliber that quote unquote fail by playing for Juventus after Barca or Bayern after Real Madrid or even West Ham after Chelsea. But the ones who are spoken about like he's spoken about, they very rarely in 2023, 2024, wash out of even playing for a top six team in a top five league. But again, this is a huge, huge risk. He's 16. So even a small down payment now with what Barcelona has to work with is a huge risk. Even if, again, you're paying a small amount and then paying the rest later and promising you're going to have that revenue, that's also a huge, huge risk. Because are Barcelona guaranteeing they can pay that later because they feel like they have an inside track on the Super League? Because that's utterly insane. <laughs> but is that what Barcelona's working with? So there's information that I'm not privy to that if you told me, that would have me changing my mind on Esteban Willian and whether or not he would be coming to Barcelona or not. But when it does come to the top-level talent that's the next generation, Barcelona do produce a lot of them. But hey, if those kids want to come to Barca and are willing to make some concessions to come to Barca, then you make that happen. Because you do get that sense in world football that the prospect market has kind of been the latest thing to be broken by, we'll say, the EPL money and these state-funded clubs. Barcelona recently lost out to some of those clubs on Gabriel Mascardo and Claudio Echeverri, both two players that were reportedly pretty open to play at Barca. But I'm now going to give you the counter-argument to what I said about Messino that I'll say with Moscardo and about Echeverri, that when you rely on these young kids, and for Moscardo, I think of other defensive midfield prospects of the last even 10 years. Rodri at Villarreal, Conte at Sen, Kimmich at RB Leipzig, and Gundogan at Nuremberg. Busquets was the absolute exception to defensive midfielders kind of becoming the world beaters that they became for Gundogan, of course, at Dortmund and then at 
at Man City. And again, I know he's not a pivot, but work with me here on this midfielder thing. And then Kimmich from RP Leipzig to Bayern Munich, and he came from Stuttgart's academy. And then Conte, of course, at Sen, but then he moves to Leicester City. And then, of course, Chelsea, that's the big, big move for him. And then Rodri, of course, from Villarreal to Atletico Madrid, then to Man City. So for PSG to think that Moscardo is going to become the Moscardo that they want at PSG, I don't know. I think he might become the best version of himself maybe at Napoli or maybe, who knows, Atletico Madrid in four or five years. Even if he'd come to Barca, I would have liked to see him stay at Corinthians for a little while longer. I almost feel the same thing having watched Vermeer in this year. I think he should actually stay at Rora Antwerp or even move to another club in Belgium where he's kind of still at home. So whether he moves to Club Bruges or whoever wins the Belgian league this year, move to that team, stay in the Champions League, and make a few more mistakes before a big move. And to round this out, it seems like it's on the edges, but in moves that might be just as important as transfers being brought in, Barcelona have got to get it right with Alex Valle, Joan Araujo, Serginho Des, Eric Garcia, Chadi Wiad, Clement Langley, and Pablo Torre. And the biggest name of all, Ansu Fati. If Joan Araujo is a 1B option at right back next season, that transfer that was laughed at because it was MLS last season would look genius after sending him on loan to Las Palmas, where he was just named as a candidate for December Player of the Month in the Liga. But including him, if Barcelona choose to sell, you better get that price tag right, and I would hope that you don't make mistake and get rid of a talent that could help you next season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's Pique and Puyol or Pique and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. 
everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Seven, recapture some defensive identity. A few repeat names to discuss, but for a backline that was pretty fortunate last season, this year they've been both less fortunate, back to the median, but the high line and lack of continuity has been more concerning than any bit of luck that I'm talking about. Barca is struggling to play a high line, and no combination of Araujo, Christensen, Kunde, Inigo Martinez, Cancelo, Balde, Marcus Alonso, doesn't matter who you threw out there. No combination has given Xavi much confidence while defending transitions. It does make you think that rest defense and defensive shape do matter, and maybe Sergio Busquets knew a thing or two about all of those nuanced things about the game. But that's the past now. He's in the past, and he wasn't getting any younger. But that back line needs to figure a few things out in 2024. If Barca do decide to sell one of likely Christensen or Koundé for big money in the summertime, then again, choose wisely. And then use that freed-up center back spot to get guys from the preseason playing in spots with rotations that don't change game to game. Pick your guys, and then go with your guys. If there's an injury, then you're going to know who the next guy up is. And to that end, figure out what you have here for the rest of this spring of 2024. For next season, there are still so many questions. Chadi Riyad, Paul Gubarsi, Mika Faye, the aforementioned Alex Valle, and Joan Araujo, keeping or losing Cancelo, Xavi has a lot of options. But can he create both depth at every position and get back to showing some semblance of chutzpah defending counters? Unfortunately, without a high-level natural pivot, as I said, I'm not sure if this is a realistic goal for 2024. Maybe we should set a smaller goal like just look a little bit better and a little less like chickens with their heads cut off while defending counterattacks. Six, continue youthful progress. Sticking with a name like Alejandro Balde, I almost want to say the goal should be don't lose any of your kids. And by lose, I mean have them fall way short of their initial potential. And maybe Ansu Fadi already falls into that category. And losing Gabi and Pedri to injuries is something I'm almost ignoring for this conversation because I think they're already to a point where if that's who they are forever, I think we're cool with that. They just have to stay on the field. I'm more talking about the progress of the players that are on the field and training, and we know that can improve, particularly Baldi and Lamini Mall. I'm not too worried about Baldi missing out on starts to Cancelo this year. Cancelo is the only player on the entire team that can take somebody on 1v1 consistently. And Barcelona has been in such a flux that Baldi hasn't had the same support that he did last season to figure out his offensive game. Defensively, though, which is usually a problem with young players, I've been happy with Balde. So seeing more from him in 2024 on the offensive end would be great and is necessary. He is still 20 until next October. I want to remind you of that. He's still so young. So I'm not worried about the last two months and him losing his spot. As for Lamine Mall, same thing. If he didn't play another minute with the first team this season, which obviously he's going to, yeah, we can say that it would have been great if some of those post-hits were goals. But his involvement with the first team already as a 16-year-old checks 
all the boxes for him this season. Pedri, Ansu, Gabi. I think Kool-Aids have almost normalized seeing 16-year-olds contribute to the first team over the last four seasons. But don't normalize that. 16 is still insanely young, and he's still got plenty of time. In the calendar year 2024, he'll be 16 for the first half and 17 for the second half. Even eight goals in the calendar year, say maybe three to four this season and four to five next fall, would far exceed my expectations for him. With his role with the first team, I should really be judging him on primary or secondary assists instead of goals. And while I just focus on Baldwin and Lamine Mall, you can keep that train going. As you can see on the YouTube channel with the Academy Player Shorts I've been doing, there are a ton of kids ahead of usual schedules right now, and they can't all be thrust into the first team in 2024. But having them continue to improve under Rafa Marquez, even 60% of the usual names you hear me say this season, in Gubarsi, Mark Yu, Hector Fort, Pau Prim, Mark Casado, Alice Garrido, Noah Darvich, Angel Alarcon, and Mark Bernal, that's too many names. But even getting a little bit more from the names we already saw this season is still progress, and more of what I even want to see in 2024 heading into 2025. Five is keep growing. This one is actually for me to you, so not really about FC Barcelona for a second here. 2023 was a rough year personally. I really do like to separate, you know, the personal for me with what's going on here with the podcast and all that for you. But it was a rough year personally, and I think you might have noticed that with certain things. And 2024 will likely see a bunch of changes, some good, some bad. And I'm not too sure what the future entirely does hold, but I do still have the goal to keep growing. In this past year, thanks to help from my editor, Anise, we started and built the TikTok page up to almost 14,000 followers. Then, unfortunately, got permanently banned. Don't ask. So I likely will stay away from that TikTok as a goal. This is more of a PSA that you can follow the new account in the description or show notes. Probably will never get to 14,000 followers again. But hey, any bit that shows people care about this on TikTok for the younger generation, especially, always helpful. I also started the Discord in the past year. And while it hasn't necessarily grown too much, it has created another small section of the community and I thank you to all those chatting over there. And I'm not going to let that fall by the wayside. So I appreciate who's in there. And I do kind of want that community to grow organically. It's not a place that I usually am. So I do enjoy actually just kind of hopping in and seeing the conversations that are taking place. As for numerical goals, I'd love to set one of those. Let's hit 20,000 YouTube subscribers or a certain number of followers on Twitter or Instagram. But numerical goals has always been the case is outside of my control. Instead, I have the goal of generally growing which will often mean me being a bit less of myself, but a bit more annoying in reminding those of you that don't follow along and subscribe to do all that and get on all that. And as for YouTube, I do tend to be kind of almost too honest that the people involved in business in my life are like, hey, why are you so honest with the community you have? And I said, well, that's, I don't know, maybe it's part of the charm. So with as honest as I tend to be, 2024 needs to be the year that I pull in a few more individual video sponsors. I'm kind of saying that to you up front or that specialty video content that I make for YouTube can't happen the way I've been doing it. That's a big goal of mine, and I'm saying it here to almost hold myself accountable. Lastly, my goal was also to get more involved again in this community, even if I have to make less content, which is usually the way that I try to be more involved. So hopefully that's gonna include some merch giveaways, because you know what? I made some cool merch, and I constantly forget to tell anybody that it exists. And that starts with the Patreons. Because when other stuff on the back end fluctuates, the Patreon supporters have always kept this going month in and month out. And those giveaways and community building is also going to include reconnecting with some of my Pena friends around the US and London and potentially do some giveaways with them too as my relationship with them and everything that's going to be going on with me behind the scenes 
has meant that my relationship with the Peñas hasn't been as good as it was before the pandemic. I did notice that the people who watched and listened in 2023 were generally the same people that have been with me for a while now. And I can tell you that my hate mail was at a six-year low in 2023, which is nice for my mental health to not get as much hate mail, but you're not growing if people aren't hating. So I am going to try to make a few new friends and a few new enemies in 2024. All right, let's get back to the real list. Four, get Pedri healthy. Pedri joined Barcelona in the summer of 2022. We know the story. Went on to play 73 games for both club and country in his first season, starting 54 of those 73 matches and playing just under 5,000 minutes across all competitions. I'm almost reading that number again, knowing the numbers I know since then. 5,000 across one season. Why did we let that happen? My goodness. So since that time, the young midfielder has struggled with injuries. Obviously, that's understatement of the century. Having played 52 times for the club in that 2020-21 season, Pedri then played just 57 times on the two seasons that followed. And this season hasn't been any better. He's played 11 matches and 768 minutes. Last season, Pedri played 58% of minutes in the Liga, 75% in the Champions League, 23% in Europa League. Across all competitions, 2,715 minutes. And over the summer, I even warned, I made a whole video about him needing to stay healthy for Barcelona to do any winning. Even on my fears that he wouldn't hit 3,000 minutes again, and that he would be closer again to 2,700-something, he's actually nowhere near on pace to hit what he did last season, when his absences, especially in the Europa League, felt like the death of Barca's chances. And because his latest hamstring injury largely coincided with Frankie de Jong's injury this season, it's impossible to try to argue whose absence hurt the team more. Of the four losses this season, de Jong only played in the Girona match. In fact, Frankie de Jong, for as good as he's been this season, has played less than 50% of all available minutes this season in the Liga and the Champions League. So as part of this goal, not only get Pedri healthy, we know that Gabi is obviously going to be missing most of 2024, so I can't throw him in here. But yeah, keep Frankie de Jong healthy too, I think would be part of this goal. Three is incorporate Vita Roque. At this point, the goal probably should have been, hope that my voice doesn't completely blow out by the time I'm done recording, but I do appreciate you helping me get there to the very end here. As far as incorporating Vita Roque, I mentioned a lot of young players, and you've noticed throughout these goals. But you'll notice that I didn't mention Vita Roque's name, not once, in all these other goals. And that was very much on purpose. Because maybe a goal for Kool-Aid should actually just be, in terms of Vita Roque, do not get sucked into connecting your expectations about Vita Roque to Lewandowski's goal scoring. They play the same position, but I want to reiterate, for this season and possibly next season, Lewandowski's goals have to fire Barca to success, or that success isn't happening. Vita Roque may not, and likely will not, play a major factor in those big picture outcomes. And I'm seeing all the same graphics that you are, that are very exciting. Barca spend big on a young Brazilian. And when they do that, it usually, and I do say usually, not always, works out. Ronaldinho, Romario, Rivaldo, Neymar, R9. Barca does pretty well for themselves with Brazilian attackers. But you know what Vita Roque has that is different than the rest of those names when they signed? His age starts with a 1 and not a 2. I said it before, R9's 20-year-old season at Barca was one of, if not the greatest 20-year-old season of all time. Jude Bellingham this season, Messi, and Michael Owen are some of the other contenders off the top of my head. And Vita Roque won't be in that same class for a year and a half. He is still just 18 until February. He wasn't even supposed to be here until the summer. So anything that he gives Xavi, at least in the spring here, is a win. Remember, all of Zhao Felix, Ferran Torres, and Rafinha all have three goals in the first half of this season. Even if Vita Roque can match that by June, 
2024 was already successful for this goal. Two, figure out the left wing. There were other things to worry about when it came to the tactics and systems and things involving the team, but I just keep coming back to that left wing when I think about Xavi's struggles to get this team clicking. The best version of Xavi's Barca had all his midfielders healthy, and Gabi playing it just under his best as an inverted left winger. But De Jong and Busquets and Pedri were all healthy too, and that lasted like three weeks a year ago, so not a big sample size. Some of the other things about some of the goals I've talked about, like Vita Roque on the left wing. Maybe, but in 2024, having Vita Roque be the answer to figure out the left wing, I want to please refer you to the previous goal I just set. Now, João Felix. The initial price tag from Benfica to Atletico Madrid, and in name, should have solved the left wing vacuum. But we know that lasted two matches, Real Betis and Wuerl Antwerp the first time. And I can say that he has been one of the more hotly debated players of recent years. And I thought about why that might be, and it's pretty simple. Him being on loan is what makes the debate so interesting. Unlike Rafinha and Ferran Torres, who Barcelona have either locked down or are stuck with, depending on what you think of them, Jao Felix doesn't have to be in a Barca uniform next season if Barca and the board don't want him to. Now, Jorge Mendes is his agent, so Xavi and the board may even disagree about Jao Felix's future, and it might not be up to Xavi at all. There are also those out there with a cartoonish amount of hope that believe that Ansu Fati could recover from his latest multi-month ailment and still be Barca's future on the left wing. But I would suggest those likely devout La Masia believers start picking up some Angel Alarcon stock, you know, maybe just in case. But it would be something more than just great if Ansu Fati could be the answer in, not for the spring of 2024, but in the fall of 2024 to answer some kind of question about Barca's future of the left wing. Jao Felix's future has also brought in the question of Jao Cancelo, as we've already talked about Balde in these goals. It's two different teams, that being Jao Felix and Jao Cancelo on who you have to negotiate with, and it shouldn't be a case of both or neither, but again, Mendes is the agent. So for reasons we know, it's feeling like all or nothing with the Jaws, which complicates it even further. And at their wage number, the decision on those two kind of impacts everything else in the summer of 2024. You can't really talk about any other players until those two cases are resolved. And say that neither do return and the club do sell on Sufati. Now you're talking about out-of-position Ferran Torres, I do think he's better through the middle or on the right, and Balde taking too big of a leap to save your left wing. So if you're going out on the transfer market for the left wing in the summer and have little money to do so, then who is your answer? At that point, I say maybe Xavi is really set on going back to four midfielders in the future. But this team at the moment is also short on midfielders to do that. So yeah, figuring out the left wing is kind of the domino to me in the summer of 2024 that almost sets everything else in motion. Unless Koundé is actually secretly a world-class left winger, and that's his natural left position, that would probably solve everybody's problems now, wouldn't it? But we know that's not the case. So I'll ask you, is this the hardest of the goals that I set out for Barcelona and Xavi in 2024? One is win something. This one shouldn't be the hardest goal, but maybe this is actually the hardest goal. I feel like this goes without saying... But after winning the Spanish Super Cup in the Liga last season, Xavi needs to win something in the 2024 calendar year. La Liga, Copa del Rey, Spanish Super Cup, and the Champions League are all physically possible. Practical? Absolutely not. Downright unlikely? Yes. But physically possible? Also yes. But those are four trophies that Xavi needs to win one of to continue this project. When we talk about Xavi's legacy as a manager, I'm still very much attaching to him the excuse of these tumultuous financial times. And I want to see what it looks like when Xavi actually has the financial support of the club, along with the institutional faith that I still think he has within the club, 
even if the outside forces are getting louder and louder with each passing week. If Xavi wants to be around for when it's time to make good on all of these young and maturing talents that we're all so excited about, and the funds that I think are still required to add more depth and round it all out, that's going to be a timetable that I'm thinking is 2025 at the earliest. And for him to be around for that 2025, he has to win a trophy in 2024 to keep kicking that can down the road. And I can set all the goals for the Barcelona podcast that I want, but having been doing this now for coming on 10 years, Barcelona.com is celebrating its 14th birthday this coming year. So always shout out the Don Frances Tomas. But having been doing this for all this time and him having done this the years before that, I can tell you winning makes people care. Barcelona.com doesn't exist. The Barcelona podcast doesn't exist. And Frances hadn't started this in 2010 during the height of the glory years. Crazies like us, if you're still listening to me through my hoarse voice and all the good and bad of 2023, we're going to be here through the years, through the good and the bad. The Ronaldinho's and the Douglas's, the Pep Guardiola and the Kike Setians, the Bartomeu's and the insert Barca president you like because they all have a lot of detractors and people who hate them. But anyway, a lot, 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 lot of other fans, especially younger fans, jump on board when you win. The team wins, everybody's happy. So for all of these goals, all 10 of these goals, if I could just pick one of them, because I even think number five and my own personal goals are affected by number one. Xavi, 2024, I'd love to see you win something. Before those trophies come, I do want to wish everybody a wonderful and happy new year and 2024. Good things are to come, hopefully in some unexpected ways. That's kind of a bland statement I just want to believe in for everybody. So I'll see you in 2024, or if it's already 2024, wherever you're at, I'll see you next time. Forza Barca. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.